I used to be the perfect parent before I had Ashlyn. I was the perfect parent. In my mind, I thought I knew all of the things that I needed to do to be a good parent. You know, I'd read the books. We had talked as a couple about how we were going to raise our daughter. We knew how everything was going to go with the, with the birthing plan all the way down to what, you know, what we were going to do when we brought her home. And everything else was just, it was solid in my mind. And then they cut the cord and handed us our precious little daughter. And we realized we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> and we were totally unprepared for what was to come. Being a parent is very different in practice than it is just sort of pontificating about it ahead of time, thinking about how we're going to parent, what we're going to do. When you're faced with all the different scenarios and situations every day as a parent, you're like, how did I get here? And what do I do now? And we're constantly left as parents thinking about what's around the corner, what new challenge we're going to have to face. And it never seems to be obvious to us what to do going into that. And so I want to talk again today about parenting. We've been doing a little bit of a series that we've been going through called Training Wheels, basically a, a preparation to send our kids out into the world. On the last conversation, we talked about how we develop a stable foundation for our children before they even come into the home. It's our responsibility as a husband and a wife to develop a strong bond between each other and between us and the Lord. Before our children come, we need to be people of integrity who, who say true things and do trustworthy things. Our kids need to have a home that is built on the Lord God and his word. And today I want to talk about shepherding and shaping, how we shepherd our little ones throughout this life. And a great place to start in thinking about how we shepherd and shape our kids is Deuteronomy chapter 6. You go all the way back to that great, as it's been called, the Shema passage here where we find out how really we're supposed to, to train our kids. He says in verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. We see how the Lord calls us to incorporate his word into every aspect of our lives as parents. We're supposed to remind them whether we're getting up in the morning ready for breakfast, whether we're getting our kids ready for bed, whether we're driving down the freeway or wherever we are. We're supposed to remind them of our God and his power and what he's done. We're going to continue to talk about this verse a little bit later, but... I think it's so important for us to shepherd and shape our kids, to, to lead them, to help form them, to be there with them. And really, that's what this lesson is about. After we've established a firm foundation, now it's time for us to help shepherd them into the people that they're going to be. And this is an important job for us as parents. And so the big idea here in this lesson is that you know, we are good leaders in our homes when we follow God, number one. I hope you'd agree with that. Following God, listening to God, makes us enabled to be good leaders in our home. 
Also, we're good leaders when we get clear about our goals. Why are you a parent? Why are you shepherding and shaping your little ones? And we need to get involved as good leaders in our kids' lives. That's another key aspect that we need to be incorporating into our parenting, getting involved. You know, it would be really easy for me to just sort of send my daughter off into another part of the house and never see her again and let her just kind of fend for herself and just do my thing and she can do her thing. But if I'm not involved in her life, then I don't know how to be a good leader. I don't know how to lead. I don't know how to shepherd and shape her. And so we're starting here talking about leadership. That is really what shepherding is all about. If you think about the good shepherd, Jesus, you know how he is our leader. And as he talks about himself as being a good shepherd, you understand that what he's really talking about is leadership and what kind of leadership as a parent we need to have over our kids. First and foremost, we can find our way in our parenting dilemmas. You know, when we don't know the answer to questions, when all the strategies have failed us, when all of our learning and all of our knowledge has failed, we can find our way by looking up. We can find our way by looking to God, who is the perfect Father. We need to parent like our Heavenly Father. God is first and foremost our Father, which means He teaches us how to be a father for our children. He teaches us how to parent our kids because He is the perfect Father. If we want to know and learn from you know, any kind of book, you could go into the library for sure, and you can find all kinds of parenting books. You can find rows and rows of parenting books, right? You have the best parenting book you need right here. The best example of parenting that you will ever find comes from God the Father, and all you have to do is read it. All you have to do is study about God and what he does, and we see that in Matthew chapter 7. As Jesus would say in, in verses 9 through 11, or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask of him? Notice here, and please be offended <laughs> ever so slightly by the fact that, that Jesus just called you evil as a father. You who are evil know how to give good gifts to your, to your children, right? We understand that when our kid asks us for a sandwich, we don't give them a lump of coal. You know, that's, that would not be nice, and that would not be respectful and, and careful or thoughtful of them. We know how to give good gifts to our children, even though, as he says here, we are evil. We're evil compared to God, because obviously we've all sinned. Let's just acknowledge that. We're going to talk about that in a minute, but... We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glory. We've, we're not the perfect father. We're not the perfect mother. You are not the perfect parent for your children, but God is. And God knows how to give good things to those who ask him. If we know how to give good things and we're evil, what, what do you think God is capable of doing? God is the perfect father, and God is our model, really, for what leadership in our homes is like. You want to know how God responds to, to disobedient children? Well, you have plenty of good examples to find in the Old Testament and the New Testament about how God responds to disobedient children. How does God rejoice when his children are obedient and do the things that, that he wants them to do? Well, you, you find plenty of examples of that throughout the Bible. And so we need to, to model ourselves after God, his goodness, his graciousness, and all the ways that God teaches us about parenting. But 
It's not only God who leads us by example. It's also Jesus Christ who leads us by example. Our life, as we learn from Jesus, our life speaks volumes to those traveling behind us. And as you think about discipleship, isn't that what Jesus' life was all about? Isn't his life all about, like from first John, or sorry, from John chapter one, verses 35 to the end of the chapter, how Jesus called his first disciples? He's, he told them, come, follow me. So many times he called to his people, like a good shepherd calling to them, wanting them to follow him. Jesus is our perfect model of leadership and discipleship. And we need to, like Jesus, be discipling our kids. We need to, like Jesus, be calling our kids to follow us. And I mentioned it in a lesson previously. You know, Jesus was not a father. But his disciples were kind of like 12 kids who followed him around everywhere and asked them a bunch of questions. And, you know, he, he handled them and acted with them like they were his children. We actually see plenty of examples of the Apostle Paul talking about certain churches being like his children also. But when we call people to follow us, when we call our children to follow us, then we're following the model of, of what Jesus left us with discipleship, following him following Jesus, letting them see our lives and walking behind us. And it's going to make a big difference when we're not just telling them, do as I say, not as I do, when we're telling them, walk like me. That's going to make a big difference in their lives where they can see it in us as disciples of Jesus, as we call them to follow us. But then we come to the point of discipline here in our conversation about leadership. Discipline is hard because sometimes discipline can demoralize our kids. Sometimes discipline can go too far and do more harm than good. And if you've ever been at that moment, that almost breaking point moment of trying to discipline your child while still restraining yourself, it's difficult. It's hard to strike that balance of how, how far should I go? How much should I discipline versus how much should I let something go? How much, should I, how, how much should I ease off? And we understand that we need to train as good leaders in our home. We need to train with wisdom, patience, and love. We need to train our kids in a way that, that shows them that we love them, that we care about them. And that's, that's important. That's so important for us to do, that we don't push them too far. We don't push them to the breaking point. You know, we, our kids are malleable. They're bendable, they're, they're flexible in a lot of ways, but, but there is a point at which your kids will break if you push them too far. And I know that because of what Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, as he's talking to kids, really, about honoring and obeying your parents. But then he goes on at the end of this verse to talk about fathers. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Don't provoke them to anger. Don't push them too far, fathers. Why do you think he points out fathers there? Dads, we know. <laughs> we know why he's pointing out fathers there, because in general, you know, there's, in most homes, there's a role where the mother is seen maybe as more of a nurturing influence than the dad is, well, maybe he's the scary one. <laughs> maybe he's the one who's the, who's the, the rule maker and the disciplinarian. And here we see that fathers are called 
to be very careful in the way that we discipline our kids. And as good leaders in our home, I mean, we need to, we need to take that to heart. You don't want a leader over you, maybe a boss or maybe an elder or maybe you know, some other leader. You don't want an elder or a leader over you who is, who is mean and, and just thoughtless and cruel. You don't, you don't want a leader like that over you. Let's not lead our kids like that. And so we need to be very careful in our leadership. But as we think about leadership here, you know, are you comfortable telling your kids to, to walk like you? I think that's hard. If we're really honest with ourselves, I think that's difficult sometimes. You know, it's easy for us to point out Jesus. Follow Jesus, right? But could we, like Paul, say, imitate me as I imitate Christ? I, we should be able to say that to our kids. Follow me. And our kids watch everything we do. They hear every word we say to them. They, they are there in our dirtiest, grossest moments at home, in our most real, raw, and vulnerable moments at home, they see it all. And can, we, and can we tell them, honestly and truthfully, follow me? And as good leaders in our home, we should be able to say that. So as we're talking about shepherding and shaping our kids, let's make sure that leadership is, is core to our job and what we're doing here. But let's maybe back up. Maybe we should have started with this point. Because I think... You know, we set goals, right? We've got a board over there full of goals. What are we attempting to accomplish this year as the congregation in Monta Vista? Well, those are our goals right there. But what about your goals as a parent? In your home, with your kids, what, are, what, is, your, what is your purpose? Why are you a parent? I'm, I'm sure there are lots of different reasons for why people are parents, why they're raising kids. But I think we need to get very clear that good parenting is a daily choice that you make, not the result of your child's choices. Let me say that again. Good parenting is a daily choice you make, not the result of your child's choices. And I think it's important for us to wrap our minds around that because at the end of the day, we have to take responsibility for what we can control. And we talked in the first lesson when we were talking about Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, about how sometimes it's easy to weaponize that verse, train up a child in the way that he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. Sometimes it's easy to weaponize that verse against a parent whose kids are out of control, right? And we'll say, well, you're not training them. How do you know that? Maybe they are training them. Maybe they're doing the best they can. Every child is responsible for their own choices. We are all free moral agents, and we like to talk about how we are all free moral agents, except sometimes when it comes to the home, where we'll directly correlate what somebody does in their parenting versus what happens with a child's response. And if I know anything, we only have one daughter, okay, so I can only use a sample of one here, but I understand that, that sometimes, no matter how much work and effort I put into my end of it, she's going to make her decision. And that's difficult for us to accept sometimes. It's important for us to do our part and take responsibility for what we can control. We talk so much about personal responsibility, how it's our responsibility to do the right thing and to, to say the right things and to be the right kinds of people. But you get to Ezekiel chapter 18, which is a great 
section about personal responsibility, really, especially in, in relation to parents and children. Because God, through the prophet Ezekiel, says, what do you mean by repeating this proverb concerning the land of Israel? The fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. As I live, declares the Lord God, this proverb shall no more be used by you in Israel. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the father, as well as the soul of the son, is mine. The soul who sins shall die. And then he goes on to talk about an example of a father who is a great father. He's a great man who has a son who's a terrible scoundrel, a terrible son. And the son then has another son whose, whose son is a great person in spite of the, the sins of his father. And what God is trying to highlight is that every person makes their own choice. And you might have some inclination to blame the father for the result of his, his son's decisions, but God does not. God does not blame the father for the son's choices. So when we talk about our goal as parents, what is our purpose as parents, we need to get very clear on how we define what is a good job as a parent. How will you know that you have done a good job as a parent? If, if your answer to that question lies solely in the choices that your children make, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Because if your children decide not to follow the Lord someday, despite all of your efforts, despite everything you've done, you may still very well have been a good parent. Are we tracking? Does everybody understand where I'm coming from here? Because I want us to really settle in on the fact that if you are parenting, you're responsible for yourself, not for your kids' choices. You definitely have work to do. You definitely have leadership to, to share with them and to shepherd them. You definitely have ways to shape them, but do your part and don't get so wrapped up in their decisions, in their response. So as our goal, as our purpose, let's make sure that we're really clear on what we're here to do. We're here to do our part. We're here to do the best job that we can, and we're going to leave the rest up to them. We're certainly going to leave the rest up to God. So let's talk about some action. I know, we're, we're, we need to get practical here. Let's get practical. Let's, let's talk about some things that we can do. Because parenting is an everyday, day-to-day -day kind of activity. And there are all kinds of things that we are called to do as parents. And we understand that this world is our child's classroom, whether we're teaching them or not. You think about how many times our kids are learning. And I was thinking about it the other day. Have you ever seen those, like, autonomous vans driving through your neighborhood. We have, we have them in Chandler. We have them all over the place. They're like everywhere. You know, and it's really frightening as you're driving alongside these vans and you look in and there is nobody behind the wheel. That shouldn't be allowed. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> if you just saw a car just randomly driving down the road, you'd call the cops. And I was invited one time to actually ride in one of these things, and I'm not comfortable doing that because I don't like the idea of a robot being behind the wheel. But am I letting the robot, so to speak, raise my daughter? Am I letting the robot, like YouTube and the internet and Netflix and all these other things that are out there, am I letting, am I letting society raise my children? Or am I behind the wheel? 
am I taking action? Because there are so many day-to-day -day teaching moments where I don't necessarily have to do some awkward song and dance about getting up in front of a blackboard for my kid, but I can use everyday, day-to-day -day teaching moments to help her understand that, you know, God is important. God is over all. He is supreme and he is in charge. And that is really what I think we see there in Deuteronomy chapter 6, how we were talking really in this, in this conversation sort of at the end about our kids' questions. How he goes on to talk about there in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 20. He says, when your son asks you in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God has commanded you? Notice how he's saying there, there's going to come a time where your, your kids are going to ask you, why are we doing this, Dad? What is the meaning of all of this? And notice what the answer is. Notice what he goes on to say. This is what you shall say to your son. We were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and grievous against Egypt and against Pharaoh and all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from there, that he might bring us in and give us the land that he swore to give to our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as we are this day. And it, might, and it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to do all this commandment before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. Notice the answer that, that fathers are supposed to give their kids when they ask. As, as we're walking by the way, as we're rising up, as we're wherever we are in life, our kids ask us, why are we doing this? Why are we here on a Sunday morning at 9 o'clock? Why are, why are we going to take a break on Wednesday? Why are we going to go back on Wednesday night? Why, why are we doing all this stuff, Dad? And the answer is, we were slaves in Egypt. We were captive. And the Lord God brought us out. He freed us from our own slavery. He loved us and he cared about us and he gave us his word. He gave us his instruction to follow him. And we may not be talking about how we were slaves in Egypt from Pharaoh, but we can certainly talk to our kids about how we were slaves to sin. We can certainly explain to our little ones how God loves us and he cares about us and he's given us his word to follow. We can certainly explain to them how God is great and awesome and powerful. And we can explain that to them every single day. In all of these little teaching moments, in all these little opportunities, where some TV show is on, on the TV, where, where we're talking about where we're going over the weekend or whatever, all these conversations, all these little moments, we can continue over and over and over again to highlight God, to talk about his plan, to talk about what he's done for us, to talk about his love, and that is the kind of thing that we need to remember every day as parents. It's easy just to kind of gloss over it or maybe lose track of those teaching moments, but they're all over the place. And we watch them go by sometimes and we regret not having taken advantage of those moments. Take action and seize those opportunities and have important, serious, maybe even in passing, conversations about God. But we also need to understand that we are a model of grace for our kids. As we talk about God's grace and what he's done for us, you know, the gospel of grace, 
the, the graciousness of the Lord God, I think, gives us a new lens to see ourselves and our kids and our parenting. You think about how much God loves you, how much God has forgiven you. We need to reflect God's grace in our parenting. And as Paul would talk about in Romans chapter 3, you know, there is a very clear point there being made by Paul that we are sinners. And as parents, sometimes it is easy for us to stand up and say, I am the bastion of perfection in my home. I have never done anything wrong. And don't you ever question me, little ones. Is that true? Is that accurate? Have you ever asked your child for forgiveness? To forgive you when you have maybe broken that instruction of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4? Maybe when you've taken your discipline too far? Have you ever asked? your little ones for forgiveness? That's a hard thing to do because it flips around the idea that we are in charge and that they are below us. It highlights to them, though, that we're not perfect. And sometimes we need to be the kind of people who, who admit our mistakes, admit when we were wrong, admit that we don't know everything, and highlight to them, model for them what it looks like for God to love us and to be gracious toward us, even in our sins. Now, this is a difficult point, and we probably could spend a whole lot more time talking about this, but I think it's so important for us to make sure our kids know that if, if they ask us for forgiveness when they've done something wrong, then they can expect that we'll do the same back to them. Because they're not perfect, and neither are we. And all of that imperfection, though, points out and highlights the grace and the mercy of, our, of the Lord our God. Okay, so the last point here in taking action, maybe something that we can do. You know, you can talk at your kid and you can make a lot of noise or you can talk to them and get through. You've seen that familiar video or that familiar scene from Ferris Bueller's Day Off when the teacher's standing up there at the blackboard and he's saying, Bueller, Bueller, and like all the kids are like, you know, just completely drooling and like just zoning off. And, that, you know, maybe it's like sometimes in, in a sermon how people will just kind of be like zoning off and you get the, I see that every now and again. It's fun, fun to see. I see you guys, by the way. I'm, I'm up here watching. But sometimes when we talk to our kids, it's like we're talking around them or at them rather than to them rather than having an actual conversation. And I think as parents, one of the best things we can do, one of the best ways we can relate to our kids and help shepherd and shape our kids is to let them know our voice. To let them hear us and to let them really digest what we're saying. Because if, if what we say to our kids just bounces off and means nothing to them, or, or we don't have their attention or their they're off in la-la land while we're trying to talk to them, you know you're not going to get through. You know it's just like words hitting a, a, a brick wall. You know, we need to sincerely think about how we communicate with our kids. And communication is so important, as Jesus would talk about in John chapter 10. He talked about himself as being the good shepherd. He says, to him, the good shepherd, to him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, 
He goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Do your kids know your voice? Maybe they know the sound of your voice. Maybe they've heard you talk a whole lot, but do they understand you? Do they understand what you're saying? Do they understand why you care so much? And communication is hard. You know, as somebody who's getting up here trying to share a message from God's word, believe me, I know, communication is hard. As parents, communication is even harder. You know, because our kids are from some other planet sometimes, and we're trying, to, we're trying to talk to them in a way that they can understand. And that's difficult. But we need to, we need to understand that there is a good way to communicate with our kids to get through. And sometimes that's asking them questions. You remember how many times Jesus asked his disciples questions? Ask people questions to get them thinking. Maybe just start by asking your kids a question. Asking them about their life. Asking them about what's going on with them. What they're interested in. Connecting with them in deep and meaningful ways. Get to know them. Share with them about your life. About the things that are going on with you. I know even on Wednesday, we were driving home and Sherilyn was having a conversation with Ashlyn about some things that in Sherilyn's own past she had insecurities about. And we were talking about that in the car, sharing about our lives with her as she was sharing her life with us. Having these conversations, getting to know each other's voice, I think is so important in leading our kids and shepherding and shaping them so that they can listen to us and hear us. And so thinking about action, though, what are your kids ready to learn? And are you taking the time to teach them? Because every day our kids are growing up. Every day, your kid is at a different level, at a different point in their life. And they may be ready to start learning things that, that they weren't ready for yesterday, that they weren't ready for last year, but now they're ready for it. And are you willing to teach them as they grow? By the way, this whole lesson, I know we've been talking about parents. Maybe you're not a parent. Maybe you're well past the parenting years. You think about the influence that you have on even the little ones here today. You can be this kind of leading, shepherding, and shaping kind of influence over the kids here today, even if you don't have your own kids. Can you think of anyone in your own life who wasn't a parent themselves, but who helped shape and shepherd you growing up? I mean, I can think of so many of those kinds of people. And we need to see that we all have a role in leading the next generation to know the Lord and shepherding our little ones leading them and guiding them to the point where they can be ready to launch out on their own. That's what we're going to talk about on the next conversation here in this series. I want to talk in that lesson about how we, we do prepare to send them out. That is the ultimate goal. At some point, we send them out. We let them go out into the world, and that is probably the scariest part of this whole series because you definitely can't control what they do then. So thanks for your attention this morning. I appreciate your, your thoughtfulness over this. And for those of you who are parents, I'm praying for you. And I hope that you would be praying for me. Because we all need God's direction. We all need God's leadership. We need to follow his example in everything as we, as we strive so sincerely to train up the next generation. If you're here this morning and you do not have a relationship with the Lord God, if you're not a child of the great father, the perfect father yet, And we'd invite you to come and give your life to the Lord this morning while we stand and sing.